0: Hello everyone and welcome to Minute 81 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob and joining me today and hopefully all week is Lisa Leahy of the Rabbit Hole Podcast Network and also Rhode Island's 2022 Teacher of the Year. Welcome Lisa.
1: 23. 23? Close enough. What? No, but... <laughs> 23 Teacher of the Year. 2023. I said it was last summer. Now I'm really confused. <laughs> no, so it's it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing. So the way our, te- our state does it, we kind of do it almost like a year and a half because we get named at the end of a school year. Um, but the national program actually goes January to January. So I am the 23 State okay. Teacher of the Year. So
0: I apologize. I apologize.
1: <laughs> totally the okay. The
0: 2023 Rhode Island State... Uh, teacher of the year. There we go. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right.
1: Everything else was correct. Okay, I, I,
0: I'm close. I'm close. That's good. <laughs> All right. So episode 81 begins with Holly putting her trade table in its locked and upright position and ends with yes. John uh, starting his report. So we, we ended things on Friday with Holly looking over at Thornburg, who's giddy as a schoolboy uh writing something rapidly listening with uh, one of those really old uh earpieces that that we all used to have with our like walkman or transistors or whatever you know just to have it on one ear Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and uh you know before we before we started using those those foam headphones
1: Yes, and before we stopped worrying about whether or not people thought it was rude. That's right. Like, you only had one in because you didn't want to be rude. And nowadays, everybody walks in with both of them.
0: No, I still walk around with one. Uh, You know, I... I...
1: Oh, you're old school. Well, I just you know. don't walk around with any of them.
0: Well, no, that's I, 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 because that's how I listen to movies. So, you know, I i listen to movies with, with, with I have to have an earpiece and listening because, you know, every, everywhere that I'm watching or listening to a movie, I can't do it in front of other people. So people don't know that that's what I'm doing. They think I'm listening to music. You know, fun, fun, fun.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, come on, with the amount of movies that I watch, obviously I'm doing it in front of other people. You know? <laughs>
1: I, see that's interesting because I can't I, I that would be distracting to me like I want to watch it I don't want to listen to it I'll listen to it Oh no I do both but uh,
0: I, I watch it also I don't I just listen it. there there are times when I have just listened to a movie I I know that uh, a few days ago I listened to the entire Titanic you know without watching oh. it I didn't see a single uh second of screen time the <laughs> entire thing uh, because again I was in a car <laughs> and I had a 3 hour drive and there, oh you know, okay, there were other people in the car, so I just listened to it.
1: Got it. You know? Okay. And again, they that thought I sense. was
0: listening to music. <laughs> Why not? Yes. So.
1: Oh, that is too yes. funny. that—that's
0: me. That's the way I am. What can I tell you? <laughs> so.
1: Hey, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. I understand. I
0: definitely do. <laughs> So Holly looks over at Thornburg writing your acceptance speech for the Video Sleaze Awards, and he looks at her and goes, try (laughs) Pillator.
1: Yeah, because his ego is clearly, clearly in check. For sure.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, first of all, I love it. it. It's really great that we see that as she's looking at him and talking to him, basically, over this... Over two women you know there's there's one next to Holly, and there's one yes. next to him. you know they're still having this this conversation between the two of them uh, <laughs> so you know she's putting away her we see her you know put away her her Nakatomi book uh she takes a huge laptop and puts it into her bag also you know it, it was all sitting on the the tray table that she has in front of her. Yes. Like
1: Got to make use of the time. That's you right. Have.
0: That's right. Do you, do you know where the idea of tray tables came from? I don't. I mean, obviously in the movie we're watching it, we see it in, in on an airplane. But, you know, people you know, use tray tables for other things also, you know, uh, less. nowadays. I mean, I
1: figure you need them to eat.
0: Correct. I mean, that, that my grand I remember my grandparents. So we're talking 40 years ago, they would be sitting in their living room with tray tables. You
1: know, oh, you mean that kind of trade table? I thought you meant like airplane. No, I, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm
0: saying there are airplane ones, and there's also regular ones. You know,
1: right? Oh, yeah, we had them. The TV, t- TV That's shows. right. That's they're right. They're them.
0: they're they're either known as a TV trade table, a TV dinner tray, a TV table, or a personal yep. table. Right. It's a yep. uh, collapsible furniture that functions as a small and easily portable folding table. Uh, they were originally designed to be uh, to be a surface from which one could eat a meal while watching television. The phrase tray table yep. can also refer to a fold away tray, such as those found in the front of airline seats. Right?
1: Yep.
0: Um, they actually became popular in the 1950s as a way for people to hold that food and sense. drinks while watching TV. Uh, you know, when yep,
1: because that was the big news when
0: people started using TV dinners. Um, they started advertising it on TV in 1952. Uh, which was, which is interestingly one year before Swanson introduced uh, the idea of a TV dinner.
1: Oh, well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: So they, they used to sell them in like sets of four uh, yep. where you were able to like be on a rack. Again, I re- I still remember in my grandparents' house, that's what they had. You know, if we, if we wanted to watch, if we wanted to eat something or actually we would also use it to play cards on sometimes and stuff like that also. But if, you know, we, we had them folded up on the side and we took them, you know, in Absolutely. the in the living room. So I, you know,
1: I still have one. I just have one tray left. It's, that's the only one that's left. Oh, for wow. whatever happens to the rest of them <laughs> at the actual rack. But um, yeah, because I, I bought my parents' house and they still had one. Um, So it's still in there because every now and then you need one, you need a surface for something or other. Oh, well,
0: Interesting. So they don't know who actually invented the idea of it, but it was based on something known as a butler's tray table, which the, the idea was that you would have uh, something. It was made of two pieces, a metal tray with grips mounted on its unders- underside with a set of tubular metal legs with rubber tips at the bottoms. Uh, the grip mm-hmm. clicked onto the legs, which you can open and support the tray. Uh, or collapse in order to uh store them stackably and yep. you know the tray would still remain clipped to the one of the leg supports uh when you would store it away and stuff like that.
1: Yep, they still use them in catering. That's right. I mean
0: I was looking to see if
1: and they come out with those big giant trays now and they'll put them down on that so they can take care of an entire yeah. table of That's people.
0: Right. That's true. I mean I was I was I I was trying to find the origin of the one from the airplane but I couldn't find one. You know, so, but right. it's the same basic idea, I guess you can say.
1: I wonder if it's just if they just always had them because, or at least on long flights, you would need them because you have to feed people when you're on these extended flights. Correct. Correct. So I figure it must have been part of the initial design.
0: But yeah. At At some point, they decided to to add it in there. I mean, it makes sense. You know, there 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 is mm-hmm. some logic to it. And and then you know the the response that 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 Holly gets from Thornburg is. Try Pulitzer, so yeah. you know I'm. I'm assuming you know what the Pulitzer Prize is.
1: I do know what the Pulitzer Prize is. How, yes, how many do you it have? Is definitely not a candidate for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been nominated three times, but I just haven't won yet. No
0: zero. It's, it's an <laughs> the to be nominated, right?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> do you, Do you know how much someone?
1: I'd be wondering who. The, I'd be wondering what mistake they made to nominate me. <laughs>
0: That's right. Do, do you know how much uh, people win when they when they win it? Because there's a cash. No, I didn't a, know
1: there was a monetary a award. Cash award also. That's and, impressive. I did yes, not know. They,
0: that. they get a fifteen thousand dollar cash award. Which which up oh, until 2017 was ten thousand
1: dollars. Interesting, because there's a teaching award, a national teaching award called the Milken Award, and that's twenty five thousand if you get it. So at least teaching are up the, have up the ante on something. Very
0: nice. Very nice. And there are 23 award categories that they give out in the, the pill Yes. which I was like shocked that there yes. are so many of them. I didn't even think about it. You know, I, I just.
1: Yeah. Well, the Nobel prize has a lot yeah. of them too. It's crazy how many categories you don't expect. That's right. They're just out there. That's
0: right. Here I'll, I'll just quickly go through them. I'm not going to uh, go into detail with each of them. Just I'll, I'll read the names. So you have the public service award. You have the Breaking News Reporting Award. You have Investigative Reporting Award. Maybe, maybe that's what he was trying to, to get here. I
1: think, I think he's looking for the Breaking
0: News He could be. There's the Explanatory Reporting. Because
1: he's the only one who has this
0: information. Right. Yeah. Local Reporting, National Reporting, International Reporting, uh, Feature Writing, Commentary, Criticism, editor, Editorial Writing, Editorial Cartooning, Breaking News Photography, Feature Photography. And then they have uh, seven categories that are, that, that are long, long form, I guess. You have uh, biography, drama, fiction, general nonfiction, history, memoir, or autobiography, and poetry. And in huh. 2020, they added a new one called the audio reporting category.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Which Makes is sense. you know for uh, podcasts and things like that. You know. Podcasts, so okay. you and I will, will be up to that. How many do you have? <laughs> the the truth is I, I just don't
1: Especially with I don't want to pay here. the
0: seventy-five dollars fee, you know, to, to to put your name in the hat. So nah, I don't know.
1: Seriously, you have to pay to be nominated. Get out of here. Whoever
0: I guess whoever nominates you. I'm not playing that game. But uh, you know, you'd think that it's it's probably like the news outlet or whatever that's paying for it or something like that.
1: That's terrible.
0: <laughs> and obviously they're
1: You shouldn't have to pay for an award. Like that's
0: stupid. Yeah. And there are tons of uh, criticism, uh, the controversies that have happened over the years. I'm not going to go into any of those because mm-hmm. you know some some of them are, are pretty interesting, but you know
1: yeah, give me a cliff notes of one of them as I show in my 20, age in 2010,
0: the Tony Award-winning uh, musical Next to Normal won the Drama Prize. Yes. Okay, even though it okay. was not among the nominees. <laughs>
1: Interesting. See that? See that? I like. I like that. They were like, no, the nominees are not good enough, but this one is, so give it to them. I like yeah. that. Um, then in
0: 1994, in the History Prize, the the novel by uh, Gerald Posner called Case Closed, Lee Harvey Oswald and the Assassination of JFK was nominated unanimously for the award. However, they decided that year not to give out any award. Well, that's stupid. <laughs>
1: you got to love the Politicism that gets Yeah there were There were actually two
0: Sorry there were two Other books that year That also were There were three that Were that they said We want to give to All three of them And I guess they Couldn't decide between Them and they said Okay we're just not Going to give to anyone The other two were Lawrence Friedman's Crime and Punishment In American History And Joel Williamson's William Faulkner In Southern History You know
1: Interesting Yeah See that's a sham (laughs) I can't believe it We can't decide So therefore None of you get anything Like that's that's awful
0: (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure shit. everyone would be like really disappointed if that happened, like at the Oscars. They'd be like, "And the Oscar goes to none of you because, you know, you're all just great.
1: You're all winners. That's
0: right. You're all winners in our book." There you go.
1: Oh my god, can you imagine?
0: <laughs> now, I I tried finding what a- yeah, I tried finding the Video Sleaze Awards, but I couldn't find any reference to it besides this movie. So I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't actually No, I, I I
0: actually hope that it did. You know, it sounds like something that could exist.
1: Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Something interesting, but no, nah, I guess not. Yeah,
0: happens. <laughs>
1: I mean, some of the quips in this movie are pretty lame. So it's just sort of funny when they come up and you go, oh, that one really wasn't very good. Who, who, who approved yeah, that? <laughs> this yeah, is well, well,
0: we'll see if it's in the uh, script later or not. Maybe, maybe it's an ad-lib, maybe go. not. Who knows? Could be. And, you know, going going back to what we were talking about on Friday, so, that, you know, the, the, the flight attendant suggested that maybe they put on some TV. So then we hear an announcement yep. over the speaker saying, ladies and gentlemen, while waiting to land, our cabin attendants are turning on local Washington broadcasting. The sound is on Channel 3. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm a little confused. You know, you, you'd think, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't remember that far back. Did they actually have broadcast TV on flights i mean you'd think that they had
1: only because so only because they were right above they actually make a comment about that they say we're directly above washington why don't you throw on some tv so yeah they if because the signal is going to be so strong
0: that's true right because i couldn't remember because you know nowadays everything is is more or less streaming you know on on the flight and therefore (laughs) you don't have to worry about that type of stuff so i don't know and
1: yeah, or if you do have digi- – if you have actual TV, it's usually like direct Correct. TV, so it's usually right. some satellite.
0: That's true. So did you notice what they put on the TV?
1: Of course I did. My husband even recognized. He's like, oh, of course it's The Simpsons, which is still on today, That is which true. I Did love. you see – did you notice <laughs> because, what episode right. of
0: The Simpsons it was?
1: I can't name it for you, but I did see them in a circle, like some psychological experiment. So I know I've seen it. I just don't remember the title. I'll bet you've got it. Of
0: course of I do. What type of what type of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, first Can't of me. all, it got? actually um, the the Simpsons only start only debuted um, in well about a year this, or two this, before, this episode. Right? Okay, it's called "There's No Disgrace Like Home." Okay, which was the mm-hmm. fourth episode of The Simpsons. Okay, this show.
1: Also, oh, is it a rerun? No,
0: well, I see. That's the big question here because if this movie theoretically takes place again, we don't know if it's Christmas '89 or is it Christmas '90? All right, okay. But I mean, there there have been clues to make it seem as if this is Christmas '89. You know, like for instance, we saw that yeah. that they were showing uh Lethal Weapon Two on you know. Yep, I did uh, see that. They were showing Lethal Weapon 2, you know, as an invid- uh, in-flight uh, movie, and that came out in the summer of 89, and it usually took about six months for, for movies to to make it onto the. So okay. I always assumed that it was 89, 89. makes sense. But this episode only aired for the first time on the 20th of January, 1990. So oh. I guess in their world, it debuted earlier. <laughs> Or it takes place, or this takes place a year later. Anything's possible. Yeah, it you could know. be. Um, there, there's, there's really no way like of knowing that. this. And on the commentary, so Rennie Harlan talks about the fact that, you know, they were debating what TV show to put on there. And someone said to him, hey, there's this new show called The Simpsons. You know, why don't you just throw that on there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
1: It's also a, a Fox uh, True, item. True, but they, so.
0: no one knew back then after four episodes that this show would still be running after 33 years. You
1: know, ain't that I mean, the that, that's one of the I don't think anybody would. Yeah, I don't think that. Matt
0: Groening would have even.
1: even <laughs> Definitely out. not. Definitely, especially for the reception, it was getting right away. You know, like most people thought it was, you know, irreverent and inappropriate. But then again, that's what Fox that's did right. back that's then. True. Fox showing married with children and, and living color right. and that kind that's of true.
0: stuff. So I actually watched this episode today. Just to to get an idea of what it's, you know, what's going on. I I probably thought because I I was a fan of The Simpsons at the very beginning. And then I fell off the wagon. I never got back on. You know, it's, it's, and now it's too far, too much to catch up on. You know, (laughs) I mean, and I thought I have, I have too many episodes in my podcast, you know. So, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what, I'm, I'm up to 580 or something like that now. 580. This,
1: wow! No this is this episode I think amazing. is
0: 585 so something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not at the point that's of the Simpsons so cool. yet. Yeah I'm I'm, I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'll get there. You'll get that's there. That, that's You'll the plan. There. That is the plan. I'm, I mean I'm not trying to purposely surpass <laughs> the Simpsons. Okay.
1: Right. Can you imagine yes, that's exactly. the goal.
0: <laughs> so I mean this was back when the, the the episodes were I guess you can sort of say somewhat normal you know and so Homer the 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 episode was that Homer is taking the family to Mr. Burns' house for a uh, work picnic or work uh, fun day or whatever it is. And he wants them to act normal, and they, they refuse to do so. You know, and uh, Lisa and Bart are, are, are fighting the whole time, and you know, Marge doesn't know what she's going to do while she's there. They, I mean, I'm not going to talk about everything about that, because I'm not doing that minute by minute. But the bottom line is, is that Homer decides that he needs to take his family to a therapist, in order for them to to mm-hmm. uh, you know start loving each other and act normal like other families that he sees, function and in stuff public, like that. <laughs> and they he sees a commercial for a family therapist who says if you don't leave here happy, I will give you your, your double your money back, right? So he need, they need to uh-huh. scrounge around for two hundred and fifty dollars. He ends up selling their TV, which everyone is upset, even Marge, that they're selling the TV. You know, I, I, and there's a great line where I think Lisa says, why can't you do this when you're watching TV? You know, when you're watching your shows (laughs) because it like turns up to (laughs) shit while they're watching something. And then they go to this therapist. And one of the things the therapist tries to do in the end is he hooks them up to, uh, to, to these electronic uh, things where they can, you know, electronically buzz each of the other family members. And they, they,
1: they it's all do it so scene. much
0: to one another. And that's the scene that we're watching. They all do yes. so much to one another that, the, that it's the, the, the uh, power goes out in all of Springfield. <laughs> yes. So and good. at that point, the the guy basically throws them out. And then Homer says to him, well, didn't you promise that we get double our money? And he goes, no, no, no that's just the gimmick. And then he says, okay, so we'll stay. And he's like, oh, okay, here. And he gives him $500. Cause he has to, you know, he gives him the double. And they go nice get an extra TV, exactly. So that, that is the episode that we get to watch here of, of The Simpsons. I love it. Um, I've heard a rumor, and because I don't watch ahead, I, I, I'll have to see if I actually can see it. They claim that there's a scene where you see the bad guys also having a TV on with the same episode on. I haven't seen it yet. So oh, I don't I know. It. I don't.
1: Yeah, I missed it. I, I, I didn't, don't, I didn't I don't catch it, but maybe. I don't recall
0: seeing it, but uh, over the next few weeks, maybe, maybe we'll see it. I don't know. Uh, it's not this week, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, and then uh, what she basically uh, does is, you know, she she puts all her stuff in in her bag, and then Thornburg, uh, he pulls out the earpiece, and then he organizes himself, and then he he gives himself this pep talk, which is like really strange to me. Like he's supposed to be like a respected reporter, you know, someone who's been or not respected. Sorry, he's he, he's a he, he, he definitely respects himself, himself, himself quite a bit. He he's he's a reporter who's been around the block very much over the years, you know. So why does he have to yes. give him a step that's right? Very seasoned. Se- reporter. Seasoned. That's that's actually the word I have written down here. I just couldn't read what I wrote. Yes, seasoned. He's a seasoned reporter, and he says to himself, "Okay, okay, okay," <laughs> <laughs> which is just very strange that he's yeah. giving himself this pep talk.
1: I wonder if it's a pep talk, not because like I need to do well, but he, I think he also realizes just how big this scoop is. That he's Maybe. the only one who knows what's actually going on, and he's going to be the one to blow this wide open. I think it's not a pep talk of like, can he do this? I think he's calming himself down because he has to be like the serious reporter, you know, like because the the adrenaline of knowing that he's going to be the one who finally gets his moment, you know, like I think that's what he's doing.
0: Okay, that that's fair. I, I you know, I, I just find it a little strange that that he would be doing odd. this, but but. But I I I agree that, that it's very possible that that's what he's doing there. And then, you know, he, he gets up and he starts walking towards the back of the plane. And at this point, once again, we see Holly, like she did last week, suspiciously watching him, you know, not doing anything, but just watching him. And then yep. we see him go to a like a telephone bank at some point. Maybe it's in the back of the plane. And then he takes his credit card and he swipes it. And one of the stewardess comes over to him and goes, please, sir. We may land at any moment. If you take your seat, he goes, I'm I, I'm gonna be sick. Excuse me, I'm gonna be sick. And he like puts his hand to his mouth. Line. Yes, it's it's very, very smart that he's uh, willing and able able and willing to do something like this so quickly. You know, that, that he thinks it that that quickly. And then basically he runs past her and she goes, Sir, the seatbelt light is on. And he ni Goes in, inside the bathroom,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, locks himself in, yep. and then we get a, sh- a shot of her. First of all, he goes in, and we see that he like closes the the, the toilet seat, and like sits down on it. Yes, you know, it's like I, uh, yeah, most people when yeah, no, but I mean the 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 plain toilets are usually not oh, the yeah. the cleanest, yeah. I guess you no. can say, especially after let's say they've been in the air six hours, seven hours. Right. You know, I've, i'm I'm used to twelve hour flights, so i I know by, by the end of the flight you really don't want to go to the bathroom you Definitely know unless not. you unless you really need to and then you know so then you, you you do what you can to make sure that right you know
1: just how big this scoop is
0: that's right now it it got me wondering you know when did they start using uh bathrooms in on airplanes? Like at what point uh, did they decide that they I need them? I sure
1: as hell hope that was sooner rather than later. <laughs> Good grief, can you imagine?
0: That's right. <laughs> All right, so basically they started putting toilets in airplanes in 1919. Wow. Uh obviously obviously the designs at the beginning were very different. Yes. You know, uh one of them <laughs> on its second flight it it unfortunately crashed. You know, oh, because no. it was too heavy because it wasn't designed properly. Oh uh, no. then then they started designing uh planes with toilets in the center of the aircraft. Uh and then they they were places, like a good idea at all. There were there were airplanes that had toilets that were open to the air.
1: <laughs> oh no. <That's laughs>
0: so there was funny. There was a, there was <laughs> on this plane when you would when 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 you they were flying and if you if you open the the, the toilet seat you know there were the the airflow produced a whistling noise and they they oh, nicknamed that god. aircraft the whistling <laughs> house
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> fantastic oh my god i love it
0: yes <laughs> uh then really
1: they,
0: they yeah during during world war 2 they 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 started uh you know putting chemical toilets in uh in in uh you know bombers and things like that and then, you know, they, they, they began to, to realize that they really needed to, to, to make sure that, that there was a possibility of being able to go to the bathroom. So they, they, they accepted the ratio that for, you need to have at least one toilet for every 50 passengers. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, there, there are, depending on the, the plane, there are planes that have one for every 12 passengers. You know, so it depends on, on the, the different type of planes and stuff like that. They they patented the the idea of vacuum flush in 1975, which is what, what we're all used to nowadays, you know, where you hold it down and you mm-hmm. hear the big whooshing sound and stuff yep. like that. I always used to think that you flush and, you know, as the plane was flying, it just came out the back. You know, I never <laughs> And I was like, what happens if well, you're just walking episode... by?
1: There's an episode of Six Feet Under where somebody uh, is gardening in the backyard and uh, gets hit with a piece of blue ice and dies.
0: <laughs> okay, I can, I can see it's that there's a problem.
1: Really unfortunate, but it's very funny.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. And then, uh, I mean, I- then, we're we're back on. Uh, we're back in the in the bathroom with uh, Thornburg, and yes. you know we hear on the phone WZDC, and he goes, "Yes, this is Richard Thornburg." Put me through to Ruben in the newsroom. And the response he gets is, he's about to go live. I know he's about to go on. That's why I need him. You'll have to hold on. Put me through, Celia, or start typing your resume. <laughs> so, you know, once again, he, he likes to show what type of ass he is, you know, even on the phone or something like this. Uh, yep. it's, it's funny that it takes him a little while to be able to say, you know, her name. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't say it right away. He doesn't say, Celia, this is Thornburg. Get me, get me Ruben. You know, that type of thing. So what I found really interesting is, is I looked up if, if WZDC is a real station or not. And it turns out that now it is. Back in 1990, it was not. Okay, but they created oh, that's a...
1: Interesting.
0: that's right. They created a TV station in 1994 that, was called, that is called the WZDC, which is hmm. Channel 44.
1: And they're um, still on the air today?
0: And from what I understand, it still is, yes.
1: Interesting. 44 is kind of an odd number for a local station.
0: Uh, At least around
1: here.
0: I guess Usually so. around here, I, the local
1: stations are in the lower numbers. They're like the, the 10, 12, 6s of the area.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So 44 is kind of, I, although 44 could be like a PBS sort of station. Sometimes that happens too.
0: It's very possible. I, I don't know. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah.
1: That's okay. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you out with that. Being an go. East Coaster myself.
0: That's true. I, I'm I'm an East Coaster, you know, uh, by birth. Originally. So there you go. Yes. yeah. So <laughs> I know Channel 9 and Channel 11 and Channel 5, which are now completely yes. different than what they were back then. Uh, yep. So whatever.
1: <laughs> now they're all filler stations. So. That's right. It's crazy. That's
0: right. <laughs> and then uh, the shot changes and we get a few seconds here at the end of this minute of John. So first of all, you know, we see somebody wrapping John's arm, you know, with a bandage. And then, you know, someone else, well, you can see that, that they have a military jacket. Uh, they light John's cigarette, you know, so it makes it makes it look like he's, you know... Uh, you know he's, he's
1: being cared for this time.
0: <laughs> he's definitely being cared for here. There's no question about that, the way that they're doing it. And we see all these pictures behind him, and we see a... Uh, Some sort of cartoon with someone in an airplane, which is a little blurry, so I couldn't really tell exactly what it is. And we get to hear John have a very short uh, uh, sentence where he just says, Esperanza's down. And that's all we get for this minute. So tomorrow we'll get to hear the rest of his report. So we'll have to we'll have to wait for that.
1: You get a little teaser taste here.
0: That's right. Yeah. So do you uh, have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script?
1: No, I think we've covered it.
0: All right. So the, the script is is pretty much the same. They expand a little bit. So I'm going to talk a little bit. So Thornberg starts off by saying, boy, am I good. And then Holly has the, the line about the Video Sleaze Awards. And then his response is, try Pulitzer Mrs. McLean." You know, oh. so. And it says, but now that the stewardess reaches up and turns on the TV projection, as the lights darken, Thornburg decides that it's perfect cover. Pretending he's getting a blanket overhead, he slips his credit card in one of the earphones. Then he moves down the aisle, phone inside his jacket. And then she tells him, you know, he has to sit down. He goes, I'm going to be sick. He makes a croaking noise to sell it and stumbles into the laboratory. (laughs) And then he says, uh, this is Richard Thornburg. Put me through to the news director. I know he's getting ready for the broadcast. That's why I want him now. Get him or start typing your resume.
1: Mm, there it is.
0: That's right. And then you know it switches over to to John and it says the doctor patches McLean's right hand. One of the soldiers gives McLean a cigarette, and then McLean says Esperanza's down. And so it's it's pretty much the same. You know, there yeah, isn't aligned. that much. There isn't much deviation here. So except for the Miss, Mrs. McLean, which. I'm sort of glad they got rid of because I don't think it really needs to be there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he, if he delivers the line and every time, and not always going to be perfect like that. But I like it.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right, so every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday where my guests will give their top five Bruce Willis performances. Yes. So, Lisa, why don't you tell us what you got? You start with your number this five and work hard, your way out. This was is
1: because he's a favorite of mine. So it was. Well, I don't invite people here. Oh God, I can only do five.
0: Lisa, I don't invite people over here to 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 do fun, uh, to do easy things. You know, it's fun, but you gotta you know (laughs) you gotta work a little bit at it.
1: You gotta earn your spot. Okay. That's right. So, um, at number five, I'm going to go with the fifth element, which is just a delightful mess of a movie. Um, But I got to show it quite a bit when I would teach mise en scène to my uh film elective so it was just this silly chaotic movie but i just think that his quips in that movie are just kind of amazing and i just absolutely think he's a riot in that film um number four is hostage which is a movie i feel like people have forgotten it exists and it's so good in so many ways um It's I just think that he as as dad and, you know, trying to to help everybody and, you know, dealing with these two um, sort of diabolical kids who have sort of taken over. You know, Ben Foster is very chilling in this movie, and I just love Jonathan Tucker and everything. So I think, you know, these are two character actors who stand out pretty strongly and almost overshadow Bruce Willis in a lot of it. But it's just such a cool movie.
0: Oh, wow. Um, Well, you've just convinced me to rewatch that one. It's been a while, so.
1: Oh, good. Yes, it's super good. Um, random kind of choice, but I, again, love his voice styles is Mikey and Look Who's Talking.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: I just think it's very silly, very funny kind of movie. The first one. The ones that came afterwards are ridiculous, but I just think of, like, you know, you've got this baby looking at a woman's chest and you know lunch. John Travolta saying, "Oh, well, you must be thinking what I'm thinking," and I could just Bruce Willis going, "Yeah, lunch." lunch. Like just his voice <laughs> is brilliant in this role and hit that that sarcasm that comes through that we love from him so much. Um, my number two is The Sixth Sense which is, I just think his gravitas comes through a lot. He's not the, the yelling action hero we're used to in this film. It's a lot darker. It's a lot more, you know, mysterious. Obviously Shyamalan's debut where we all kind of picked up who he was and what he does, and I just think that movie is amazing and brilliant. Um, and then, yes, I, I had to shout out my John McClane. My favorite is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, because I think the trio of Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson and Jeremy Irons is unstoppable in that film, and it is absolutely, you know, one of my favorite movies. Period. Let alone um, a major peak in the Die Hard franchise.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I assume that means you're going to probably want to come back in two seasons. You know, oh. pro- probably. yes,
1: please. I'll be very upset. I may never speak to you again if I'm not in that series somewhere.
0: Well, if, if if I don't invite you, that means you won't speak to me. That I won't speak to you either. Yeah. So.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I did I just like give you a way to avoid me? This isn't good. Yes,
0: you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, great. Lisa, you want to? I love it so much. You want to tell people how they can get in touch with you?
1: Sure. So you can find me in the Rabbit Hole Podcasts Network. I am on Twitter as Foolish Minion20. And I am on podcasts within the network, such as Pictures and Conversations, a Rabbit Hole Podcast Book Club, and Between the Scares, on which we are working our way through all of Jason Blum and Blumhouse Productions films. Ooh,
0: fun, fun, fun. All right. And finding me is very simple. It's good stuff. Uh, yes, it is. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, moverobminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and